0: Have you ever been labelled before? Yes. Maybe you've labelled yourself, or maybe you've been labelled by somebody else. When I was at school, year 12, I think I might have told you this before, I'm going to tell you again, but the song that they said in my yearbook that best represented me was It's Got to Be Perfect. I'm not going to sing it for you today. And uh, the only other thing I can remember that was in the yearbook about me was that my bad habit was driving with my hand on the gear stick in my manual car. I still do that in my automatic car, I can't stop, I've tried, it's not possible. I don't even know if it's a bad habit really, but anyway. And this song was all about being perfect because my reputation was that I needed everything to be just right, whether it was my anything, actually, I could give you a list, but it would be everything had to be perfect. And so I was labelled the perfectionist. And so it's been a label that I have lived with for my whole life. And I call myself a perfectionist a lot of the time. And labels, like I said, are something that we can give ourselves. And they are labels that we can give to other people. And we can receive them from other people as well. And so there's lots of ways that we can get labels or give labels. They don't have to be specific, specific and they don't have to be negative either. They don't have to be a negative label. Um, but quite often we think of ourselves the way that somebody else has described us. Or something sticks and it, it like holds on to us and we operate through that filter a lot of the time, maybe even without knowing it, we're operating through that filter so what on earth does that have to do with my scripture today? Well, well, let's go there. Mark chapter 6, and I'm going to start at 6B. Yep, Andrew stopped at 6A. I'm going to go to 6B. How good was the message last week? Where is Andrew? Somewhere. I can't even see him. He's here somewhere. Oh, there he, Yeah, he's out the back. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Lord God, right now, whatever it is that you want to speak to us, I pray that you would make it really clear. Pray your spirit would connect with our spirit, Lord God, today. And that we would just open ourselves up to your word to your will, to your way, Lord God, today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So let me remind you where you're at. Like we said, great message last week from Andrew Ud. You should definitely go back and listen if you haven't. All about familiarity. And he read the passage of scripture where Jesus was preaching in his hometown and he went to preach the same message, repent, the kingdom of God is near. And he wanted to you know, heal people and do all of that stuff. But they scoffed at him. And they rejected him. So he could do very, very little when he was in that village because they were looking at him through a label that they had given him many years ago. Probably when they were growing up with him. They, this is just Jesus. He's the guy that built my house last year. Why would I want to listen to him about repentance? He's—he's he's I remember changing that kid's nappy. What the heck? Why, he can't tell me what to do. I played tips with that guy. He was terrible at tips. Like imagine the things that are going through his hometown people's minds when they're trying to bring when he's trying to bring this message of repentance. This message of the kingdom of God and the good news that was attached to that. Oh my gosh. But they wrapped him up they they totally disregarded. He could do very little because of the way that they had labeled him, the Jesus that they grew up with. So as we begin this section of scripture, it says in Mark 6, 6b, then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. So after all this happened, Jesus was scoffed at, rejected by his hometown. Jesus then went around teaching from village to village. Have you ever had a moment where you've doubted everything you have ever done? Truth. Truth. Have you ever had that moment? Questioned the thing, the very thing that you thought you were destined to do for the rest of your life. Felt like the world was against you and there's nothing you can do to be good enough. Just me? Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) If I was Jesus in that moment, that's how I feel like I would have been feeling. Now I'm not Jesus, of course. When I put myself into Jesus' shoes, I would have been like, oh, am I really supposed to do this, God? Like, is this, re- is this really the message you want me to take everywhere? Because these guys are not, they're not buying it. They don't want to hear it. And you know, there have been moments in my life where I have questioned whether I will ever feel like I am good enough. There have been questions like around my life about, am I even doing the right thing? Do I have what it takes to be the person that God has created me to be with the gifts and the talents and the design that he made me with? Do I have what it takes to be that person? For him, when I get to heaven, for him to be able to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. I've asked myself that question. And I've done this at times because I have believed lies about myself on my my journey I've listened to the things that other people have said about me. I've labelled myself, you know, a perfectionist, let me tell you, doesn't like to take risks because I might fail. And I don't want to fail because then it won't be perfect. And so all of these things go through my mind and I listen too often to the voice in my head that tells me I don't measure up. The voice uh, that I don't fit the mold, and that voice that hears others judging me. They might not be, but I feel like they are for the decisions that I've made or the life that I lead or whatever it might be. And I ask myself, am I ever going to be confident enough? Am I ever going to be able to just grab this with two hands and run with this thing? Am I ever going to be able to? And we sometimes feel like we're judged from every angle or that our family and friends don't understand us. They don't get what is going on in our lives. And we are listening to these things in our minds and we're listening to these things from other people and we just feel like we get torn down again and again and again. And when it comes to family and those closest, I wonder sometimes if they still see me as that terrible teenager. Like... The kid that was awful to her mum. And they're still disappointed in me. Like, I still think about that. Do I still carry that label? He's not. You're right, Brad. He's not. And as a result, I'm trying to make up for the things of the past because I've labeled myself and I'm living in these labels to make everything and trying to make everything perfect. So just imagine, again, being Jesus in that moment. Guys. I know you think you know me, but I am the son of God. Do you not know that I can make you well again? Just take a minute and repent. Follow God. He loves you so much. Know that the kingdom of God is near. And best of all, not best for Jesus, but best of all, I am going to die on a cross you are going to receive forgiveness forever. You don't have to keep going to the temple and sacrificing a lamb every five minutes to get forgiveness and to find freedom. Because I'm going to do that for you. And, and all these, God, Jesus knows that all this is going to happen. But they don't know that. And I'm sure we've all had a moment, whether we've questioned, whether we're doing the right thing or we've doubted ourselves. But Jesus Jesus shows us at the time where everybody else was labelling him something, where everybody else was saying that he wasn't good, that they were rejecting his message, they didn't want to listen, they didn't want to hear that the kingdom of God was near his own people, he did not doubt himself. He did not, it did not matter what he was labelled by anybody else. He knew who he was. He did not stop doing the thing that God had called him to do. He walked out of that village and he went to the next village because he knew what he was born to do. He knew that he was purposed. He knew that he had a choice to make and he made the right choice to go, not listen to the voices, but listen to who Jesus, who God told him he was. Repent, the kingdom is near. His mission remained, even though there were people who thought he was crazy. His mission was too important, too important to let anybody stop him. And there are people here today who have allowed the words of those around you to become the beat that you are marching to. Not good enough. Not smart enough. Not pretty enough. Not where you should be at this time in your life. That's a big one. But I am telling you today... It's time to start marching to the truth that Jesus speaks over your life. You are more than enough. You are a conqueror, a child of the Most High God. You are purposed, you are redeemed, you are made righteous. Oh my goodness, you are significant and you will do great things for the kingdom of God. you. you will. It's time to step out and do that thing that God has spoken to you about. There are people who have let their dreams go. There are people who thought they were supposed to do something for the kingdom of God and the voices around you were too, too loud. Your voice in your head was too loud and you said, no, I'm not gonna do that anymore. It is too hard. And God is saying to you this morning, awaken. Awaken awake that dream within you let it rise up again I am telling you that you are good enough I am telling you that I have equipped you I am telling you that there is something on your life that I need you to do to advance the kingdom of God and it's it's too important for you to listen to anybody else listen to my voice not my voice God's voice Listen to the Word of God, go to the Word, seek wise counsel, speak to people who will encourage you and champion you, but don't let people's opinions of you or what you are doing or your own mindset cause you to limit what God wants to do through you. Go to God, look to the Scriptures, trust God to show you the way. It's worth saying yes to. It is worth saying yes to. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We know it. For I know the plans, God knows the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not bring you harm. So what is it? What is it that you have stopped doing or you've dreamed of doing that God is reminding you about right now? But you got fearful or you doubted yourself. For some, the opposition may feel like the loss of someone in their life. It may feel like a breakdown in relationship or a business deal that's shaken you or a health problem. But God is bigger than all of that. And you can trust Him with all of that. And He will absolutely, absolutely bring you through all of that and replace in you that dream and that desire to do that very thing that he designed for you to do all along. There are people in here who think you've, you have failed. I wanted to say you are not a failure. You are a conqueror, an overcomer. You know, Maybe you're sitting in here and you have, you're not in that season. You're not experiencing that. You feel good. You know what God's called you to. You know where you're at. You know what you're doing. Can I encourage you? You need to be a champion of the people who don't feel like that. That's our role as the, as the church, right? Is to get alongside those people who maybe are feeling less than they should, less than they are designed to be, less than who God's created them to be. That's our job, to come alongside them and say, Hey, you know what? You've got this. I believe in you. Who is it that God has placed in your path? And I believe that he's gonna put people in your heart this week to be praying for. There's gonna be people that you are like, I haven't even spoken to those people. I don't even know who they really are. Guess what? God's gonna bring them alongside you. And God's gonna help you to have a relationship with them so that you can be the encourager that you need to be in their life so that they fulfill the thing that God's got on their life. And as in doing that, you're fulfilling the thing on your life because that's part of your your job, your design, your gifting, your calling, all of that. We're in this together. We're not doing this alone. All right, I really got to mode it because I'm only up to 6B and we've got to go from 7 to 13. Guys, we got this. All right. I'm just going to look really quickly at verses 8 to 11 because we're not going to major on it. So I'm just going to like go through really quickly. So these were his instructions. Verse 8, take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts, wear sandals, not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there till you leave that town. Have you ever been on one of those budget flights where you don't get food? <sighs> it's devastating. It's devastating worse is when you paid for a different flight or airline, but you get bumped to their partner airline, which is like the budget one, and they don't do food, but you paid for the food that you were supposed to be on the other one. Oh my goodness. First world problems, I know, sorry. But it's really disappointing. And I don't know about you, but my kids can't go on a five minute car ride without a snack. Like... Hillary Smith has got snacks. If you went and saw her, she would have her purse full of snacks right now. She's amazing. She has got, like, she will feed, she would feed the 5,000 just from her purse. It's amazing. She's got growing boys, growing boys. But, oh, oh my gosh. So, take, so this whole idea, take nothing with you for this mission, disciples, nothing. It's a pretty big deal can I just take the pressure off for a minute? God's not asking you to do that. God's not asking you to take nothing and start walking to spread the good news of God. And in fact, all the commentaries that I read around this, Pastor Keith, you'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong, if you read something else. But all the commentaries that I've read indicate that this is not a prescriptive formula for the way that you should evangelise. There we go. Pastor Keith said it too. We're on the right page. We're on the right page, guys. This specific instruction was for the 12. And so it was likely preparation for their ministry in the future, likely getting them ready for the, the big things that God was going to do. And need, he needed them to know that they could rely totally on God for provision, for shelter, for clothing, anything that they needed, they needed to rely on God for. And he, So this happens here for the 12. And it happens a bit later in Mark, which we'll come to for the 72 as well. But same thing, not specific It's not a specific instruction for every single person who knows and loves Jesus to now stop and do. So the pressure's off, but, there's always a but. But there's other scriptures, like the Great Commission, which remind us that we are all called to go and spread the gospel. So you're not off the hook for that part. We want to be able to spread the word of God, but there's not a a specific way that he's telling you you should do that. So there you go that's that little bit verse 11 says and if any place will not welcome you or listen to you shake the dust off your feet and when you leave uh, when you leave as a testimony against them again according to the commentaries this was a specific Jewish custom specific so that they would clean themselves of any dirt that they had picked up from foreign towns that they wouldn't take it back to their own town it wouldn't um, contaminate them okay? that's. But it was specific to the Jewish people. But my takeaway for us here is that when we are faced with opposition or rejection, when we share the hope of Jesus with someone and we don't get the response that we want, we need to do a bit of tay and shake it off. That's right. Tay-Tay's in the Bible. Shake it off. She's not in the Bible. That's not true. But The idea is, right, we have to shake it off. Don't let that opposition, don't let that rejection stop you from telling somebody else about Jesus. Don't let that opposition be the thing that pulls you down and stops you giving this word of life to somebody else who really needs it because you're fearful or you're doubting yourself. Don't allow that. We have not been given a spirit of fear, Timothy tells us, right? In, in fact, the testing of our faith, because those moments of testing, produces steadfastness. And we are faithful and steadfast people. So don't let those of you who don't, those who you don't agree with you, don't let the offense, don't be offended with them. Don't let them, the offense of theirs, stick to you. Let, let that go. Let it go. Shake off the criticism, the rejection, and don't let it stop the faith journey that you are on. And this links beautifully, love a good segue, into what we were talking about before, right? Don't let opposition stop you from doing the very thing that God has called you to do. All right, so now we're gonna go back to verse 7, and 12 and 13. And it says, calling the 12 to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. If there is one point from this part that you take away today, it's this. We have to go to him before we do for him. Now, we have heard this again and again in this church, and I love it. Because it is such a valid and good reminder for us to remember that before anything else, before anything you put your hand to, God wants you to come to Him. We come to Jesus and from that place in Him, He will send us. We will be able to go and do for Him. We'll do incredible things for His kingdom. We will advance it at a rate of knots. It is gonna be amazing. But we have to come to Him first. There will never be a time in your life, if you are a believer, that Jesus will ask you to do something apart from in relationship with Him. Not ever. Whatever you put your hand at, what to, whatever you are gifted in, whatever you spend the rest of your life doing, nothing will matter more than your relationship with Him. I love what Andrew said last week. He said, getting the miracle giver through the miracle is more important than the miracle itself. And we could change this, if you like, to relationship with the one who calls you is more important than the calling itself. We are first called to him. And we, you, you can go back and you can go through the captive cause series that we did. And that's awesome because that will give you heaps more information about this. I'm just touching on this because I felt the Lord bring us back to this point. We can get caught up in the doing and forget that we are his children first. That we are built for intimacy with him. And it's only after we are called to him that he will send us out. Because it's in that place with Him that He equips us, that He reminds us who we are, that He builds our identity, that He empowers us in that moment with Him. You know, this morning I was getting ready and I got up, not as early as I would have liked, but I got up because I was like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to read through my message again and I'm going to like, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm going to like get in the zone. And I felt the Lord just say, stop. I don't want you to read your message again. It's done. I just want you to be with me. And so I just sat on the lounge that Ben thinks I never use in our bedroom. I sat on that lounge. Just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) Love you, babe. I sat on that lounge and I just spent time with Jesus. And it was so good. And you know what? I actually believe that I wouldn't have had those prophetic words. Had I not stopped and spent time with him this morning because I would have been so focused on what I had to do that I, forgot, I would have forgotten who I'm doing it with, for. You know, in the Jewish world, when someone was sent out and commissioned by a person, so when Jesus sent the 12, that person was received as if it was the person speaking themselves by others. The disciples were authorised to be his delegates in regard to word and power. In fact, Jesus labelled them his representatives, his His people, his disciples. Amazing, and today we are labelled children of God. We are labelled his disciples. We are labelled as people who believe in Jesus and in the incredible works that he's done in our life. And the incredible works that He wants to do in others. And there are so many other incredible labels that we get out of this Word of God and that's what we cling to. They're the labels that matter. They build us up, they encourage us and they give us authority like Jesus gave the 12. And not only does Jesus speak these over us, but we are also well equipped with the Holy Spirit. We're empowered by Him. We are reminded that we can operate in that power by Him and give an opportunity to walk in that power by Him. The authority that we carry is not something that we can be flippant about. Please don't be flippant about that authority. And you might be sitting here today or you might be online and it's hard to remember the last time you feel like you operated in the authority of Jesus. Maybe it's because of a label that you've carried that you're not good enough. I'm, I'm not paid by the church to do that. I can't do that. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where people were paid to carry his authority. It said anyone who believes. Anybody who loves Jesus. Anybody who lives there, that, that's who gets authority. Maybe you've forgotten that you are labelled his delegate here on earth, his ambassador. I love that word. Jamie Faye uses that word all the time. I love it. We are ambassadors for Jesus on this earth. We come to church, we see other people praying. We, see, we hear testimonies about people and what God's doing. But we're not operating in that power ourselves. And when you said yes to Jesus though, you were gifted with that authority. You were gifted with that, every single one of us. When we commit to a life of relationship with Him, that is when we say yes to Him and we accept that call to Him. We are given the opportunity to go out and operate in that authority just like the disciples but here's the thing they grew in their confidence and they grew in their ability to operate in that authority because they just kept coming back to Jesus and then they went out and practiced and used the authority that they were given they didn't just come to Jesus and then go okay what now no they were sent out and they used it and we can it's like any muscle when we use it and we build it up It gets stronger and stronger and we're more able to use it well. And that is what Jesus is doing. That is what the Holy Spirit does for us. And we read about it not just in Mark, we read about it in Acts and in plenty of other places in the Bible. So what this means is the more we go to Him, the more we will operate in that authority and the more we will demonstrate His power. Signs and wonders will follow you. I'm reading this book about prayer at the moment and we're doing it as a, ta- shout out to my table space, we're doing it as a table space. And uh, last week there was this chapter and in it, Tyler Stanton, it's called um, Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. Not Praying Like Fools, Living Like Monks as somebody said on a website somewhere, Darren. Don't know who was that. But anyway, <laughs> he said this, intimacy leads to fruitfulness. And I was like, oh yeah, keep going. And he went on to explain that those who meet with God, who prioritise their relationship with Him, who walk with Him, who talk with Him, they're the people with whom He is going to share and grow His divine power. Wow. But it comes back to intimacy. And we have to be willing to step out We have to be willing to come to Him and be with Him, become intimate with Jesus, and then we need to be able to step out with Him and operate in that place of power. Surrender, then go out. Surrender, out. Surrender, out. All the time, a constant rhythm of our life. Surrender, back out. Don't just expect that saying yes once to Jesus is all it takes. It's a constant yes that brings growth and intimacy. And you know, today might be that day for you that you want to say yes to choose to step out in faith and to operate in that authority. To say yes to be willing, as we read in the Bible, to drive out impure spirits. Because can I tell you, they're everywhere not just the fancy, massive ones that maybe we see on TV every now and again. I don't know. Or we think that it's gonna look like that. But there's impurity all around us. And we get to speak truth into those spaces and bring life into those spaces. To see, I believe that there's people who wanna pray for people to see them healed. Well, today's the day to say yes to God. And we just practice. Practice to speak the truth of repentance to those that God has placed in your life, in your line of sight. Can I tell you, we are bold and faith-filled people at Victory. Yeah, we are. Where, this is my question, where is the visible function right now of the kingdom of God in your world? Where is it? In my world. I'm asking myself the same thing. Have we become comfortable with the familiar like we talked about last week? Have we become people who don't wanna stand out as Jesus' representatives because it is too hard to handle the opposition? Have we decided that a life of compromise is better than a life of advancing the kingdom? And I can't answer those questions for you. You need to check your own heart. But if I'm honest this week, I have been so challenged as someone who is employed to speak Jesus. I can't remember the last time that I spoke to my family about Jesus because the opposition was too hard. But I totally believe that God is gonna give me opportunity to speak life, to speak Jesus in their world in a way that's gonna speak to them. I don't need to get my Bible and Bible bash them. No, no. God will reveal ways for me to speak to them To bring life to them, to pray for them, and to see the kingdom of God advanced in that family. We are empowered and equipped by the King of Kings to go and advance the kingdom on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. And in its simplest form, this prayer needs to be our prayer Father, what does it look like for me today? How can I partner with you to bring your will to earth as I go about what I do all day, every day? What does that look like?